Welcome to Samford University's Campus Worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. So our speaker today is Frank Patrick, and he's a double graduate from Samford with a degree in history and a master's of divinity here at Beeson. Um, and he already is teaching here at Samford as an adjunct um, for the past nine years in um, the religion department and is also the executive pastor at Double Oak Community Church. Um, and he has a beautiful wife named Beth Patrick, and they have four kids together, and they both met here at Samford, so that's pretty cool. Welcome him here today. Well, hey, good morning to you. I hope you're doing well. I uh, hope that didn't blow you out there. Okay, good. Um, yeah, hey, it's exciting to be here. Uh, I sat in that very chair uh, many years ago uh, listening to convos. And uh, it's interesting because I'm coming back and I'm going to talk about listening uh, because the reality is, is that, uh, at least for me, I'm oftentimes not a very good listener. In fact, uh, I went and kind of did some just study uh, about listening and there's a lot of things that we do uh, instead of listen uh, and, uh, and problems with our listening. One of them is called selective listening and selective listening is kind of when you're tuning in and out. And the fact that I'm only like four sentences in and some of you are already doing that, right? I mean, some of you already have the phone or whatever and you're kind of just tuning in, tuning out, tuning in, tuning out and that's the way you're going to treat maybe the convo here. And that's fine. I understand that. Maybe I'll say something that'll draw you back in. Uh, who knows? But uh, it's hard for us to listen. And uh, the reality is, though, is that Scripture and the Bible is full of discussions about listening. In fact, this morning I'm going to go from a, a, a proverb. We've been walking through the Proverbs, I know, in Convo. And, uh, and here I'm going to actually go eight, uh, Proverb 8, verse 32. And I'll go to the end. It's just a couple of verses. But it says this, And now my children, listen to me. Happy are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Happy is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. Now you'll notice in there, uh, if you're reading it and listening well, there's a lot about listening. And what I love in the Bible is, is that there's a lot of voices to listen to. Now, I'm not talking about Mr. Robot kind of listening to voices, because if some of you are sucked into that show uh, or have watched that show, you know there's a lot of voices going on that he's hearing and so forth. Uh, it's not that kind. It's a different kind. In Scripture, it's the idea that in Scripture, there's a lot of different voices that speak to us in different situations in life. And probably most of us have had that kind of situation where you've had a particular moment, a particular time, a particular place, and there's some place you've gone to that has spoken to you in a powerful way. And you've listened. And it's been incredibly important to you. And it's changed you in some way. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about, is listening to the various voices of Scripture. Because there's a lot of voices there. And the reality is that sometimes we have a tendency not to want to kind of get outside the norm. You know? Um, anybody from Durham, North Carolina in here, by the way? Anybody? Okay. Hey, we got, we got one in here. Uh, I spent a lot of my uh, uh, early adulthood in Durham, and uh, there's a restaurant not near, uh, not too far from Durham called the Angus Barn. You ever eaten there? Angus Barn? Yeah. Oh, hey, good. Man, look at this. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm a creature of habit, and so I go into a restaurant, and I kind of look at the menu, and then I order the same thing, and I kind of get annoyed at myself about that, okay? Some of you like this? 
because I want to branch out. I really do. And so each time when I walk into a restaurant, I say, I'm going to order something different. And what do I do? The, the, the server comes along and they say, what do you want? And I say the same thing that I always say. And the same is true at Angus Barn. I always think, hey, I'm going to order something different. And I or, always order the steak and ribs combo. Always. It just comes out of my mouth. I'm thinking, I'm going to order this over here. But then whenever she or he asks me, what do I want? It just comes out, steak or ribs combo. Um, most of us have a tendency to be creatures of habit. And because of that, I think when it comes to reading the Bible... When it comes to life, we don't hear as many voices as we should because we have a tendency to come back to the same voice over and over and over again. And so this morning, what I want to do is talk about just three different voices that we need to hear in Scripture. And if you've never heard them before, I'm going to give you an introduction to them, okay? All right, so here's the first one. The first one, the first voice that I love is the pastoral voice. The Bible is full of this idea of the pastoral voice. The pastoral voice simply says this, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God loves you. Now, I don't know about you, this is the voice that I always order off the menu, okay, right? I mean, this is the one I love to hear, um, but I'll be honest with you, I have a problem with this voice. Um, I, uh, over the past few years of my life, I've delved into this idea of shame, and if you've ever studied anything about shame, shame is this voice that tells you that you are not fearfully and wonderfully made. That in reality, that you just don't measure up. That you're just not as good as you should be. That you're not as lovely as it should be. That you just don't measure up to the standards around you. And that at the end of the day, you're a loser. Now, there's a difference between guilt and shame. You know, guilt tells you that you're guilty of something, that you screwed up, right? Shame tells you that you are a loser, that you are less than as a human being, that you're not fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible is full of passages of Scripture that try to scream back at you in the voice of that shame that sits there and tells you that you are a loser, that you don't measure up, that no, that's not true, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are made in the image of God, and that you have special value, incredible value. You might wear some kind of, of unwanted identity in your life. I don't know what that might be, but it's something. We all have these unwanted identities, something that, that you might identify yourself as. I always just screw, I'm such a screw up. I always do this, I always do that. And we wanna wear that nameplate. But we need to come back to scripture and hear the pastoral voice that in the midst of that tells you that no, that's not your identity. You are a daughter. You are a son of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are loved beyond measure. There's so many great stories uh, in the Bible that kind of get this pastoral voice. Uh, one of my favorites and one that probably you definitely know well is in Luke chapter 15, the, the parable of the prodigal son. Jesus tells this story about a guy who basically was a screw-up, and he wore a lot of unwanted identities, right? He was the guy that left his family. He's the guy that wanted his dad to be dead, basically. He's the guy that ran off and blew through his money, and he did all those things. And yet, when he came back, the father rushed to meet him and treated him as a son, as a loved, beloved, cared-for, beautiful son, even though he was a screw-up. That's the pastoral voice. And we need to hear it. We need to hear it. There are times in our lives where we just, we just don't sense that. 
We don't have a sense that I'm, I just don't feel like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And we need to go back to scripture and hear that voice and remind ourselves of who you are and what God believes you to be, which is fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I love that voice. That's, again, my, that's my steak and ribs combo right there. You know, that's the one I keep ordering off the menu. Now, the other two, eh, okay, second voice. The second voice is the prophetic voice. The prophetic voice is the one that I struggle with and most of us do. Because the prophetic voice is a voice that challenges us. It tells us that, hey, you need to move in a different direction. Or, hey, you need to think differently. It causes us discomfort in our lives. It stretches us. It pushes us. Some of you in here, and I can look around the room, I can actually see your faces, which is kind of fun to be in a, in a place where I can see pretty much everybody's face, uh, especially I love the ones that are already texting and looking at their phones. But, but, um, but uh, it's fun, though, to look around the room and to see everybody's faces. And I know some of you, I can recognize some of you that I've had in my classes. And some of you I know in other contexts as well. And the thing, though, that if you come into my class and BP class and other BP classes, you end up reading things that are intended to stretch you, that are intended to, to make you think differently or at least to challenge you in that area. Not that you're going to totally change your view, but that you're going to see something different. The Bible is full of these. When you go to something like the prophet of Amos and he starts talking about social justice issues, it causes us to stretch and to maybe be a little bit uncomfortable about that. Whenever we read the story about King David, and David thinks he's gotten away with this, this, this sin that he's done in his life, and this prophet, Nathan, comes to him and tells him this parable and says, hey man, there was this, um, this guy, and he had a neighbor, and the neighbor was really poor, and this guy was really wealthy, and, and the guy that was wealthy threw a party, and instead of killing one of his own lambs, he went across the street and took the lamb of the guy across the street, the poor guy. In fact, it was his only lamb, but he, instead, he went across the street, stole that guy's lamb, and killed it, and served it to his party. And David says, man, he was ticked. He was like, that guy deserves to die. And Nathan famously looks at David and says, you are that guy. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable conversation. We need the prophetic voice in our lives. The reality is, is that all of us go along our lives and we're doing things that are destructing what we're supposed to be and who we are. It's a path that's not the pleasantest path as we get farther down the road. And there needs to be that voice in your life that says, hey, stop, stop. This path is going to lead to destruction at some point. It is not going to turn out well, you know? I mean, look, in, this is one thing. I've had a lot of interesting, I'm a Netflix, you can already tell, you know, I've already talked about Mr. Robot, but I'm, I'm a Netflix kind of guy. I like to binge watch, uh, probably like many of you. And in so many of these shows, you're watching and you know where this is going to go, Right? I mean, look, if, if you've watched House of Cars or if you've, whatever it is that, you know, uh, Breaking Bad, you know where this is going to go. And yet, where is the voice that eventually steps in to say, hey, stop, this is going to end badly for you, and I love you, and I want you to change. Where is the voice that opens your eyes to something new, to a different way of thinking? The unfortunate reality is we have a tendency to insulate ourselves and to not to read and to listen to these various voices. We have a tendency to go back to the same things over and over again. But the reality is, is that we need that prophetic voice. We need to be jarred. We need to think about things differently than we do sometimes. There's issues that are blind spots in our own lives. There's issues that are blind spots in our own culture. 
And the only way that we're ever going to hear them and to act on them is if there's a prophetic voice there telling us, speaking to us. I do pretty much everything I can to run from that prophetic voice, I'll be honest with you. Both individually when I come to Scripture, but also too culturally. When I see things that, that bother me or jar me, instead of dealing with the issue, instead of thinking about it, and being stretched, I just have a tendency to push it away and push it aside. But I need to hear that voice in my life just as much as I need that pastoral voice. Third voice. This is one that we really get into today in terms of the book of Proverbs. The third voice is the voice of wisdom. As you already know, if you've uh, come to the series, we're walking through uh, the Proverbs. And Proverbs is a part of the Bible known as the wisdom traditions. And wisdom traditions are just a few books. It's, it's Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and uh, Job and some of the Psalms. And in these books, uh, there is a strong sense that there is an order to the world. And that you should kind of figure out that order because God created it that way. And if generally, if you live according to that order, then things will go well for you. If you violate the order then, uh, in the world, then it's going to go poorly. Now, the wisdom literature is a lot more than that, though. There's a lot of language about father and son and daughter and mother and friends. The thing that I love about the wisdom literature is, is that you're reading something that is thousands of years old and yet has the same kind of issues that you face right now. The wisdom voice tells you that you're not alone in your questions, in your doubts, in your confusion. Um, I think whenever I was introduced, uh, they said that I've been teaching BP here. Uh, I've been here nine years now. It's hard to believe that. Before then, I was at another institution uh, teaching, and so I've been teaching longer than nine years. And one of the things that I tell my students every semester before I get started is, is that um, I said, hey, listen, here's something you're going to hear a lot this semester. You ready for it? I don't know. I don't know. People come into BP sometimes and they think, hey, this is going to be Bible Answer Man. Hey, you got a PhD and whatever. You should know all this stuff. Well, I hope I know some stuff. But the reality is, though, is that there's a lot of questions that I have and I continue to have even after studying it. And uh, for me, my personal journey goes this way. Um, I, uh, I went as an undergrad here, Sanford, uh, and then I went on to Beeson across the way. And, uh, and then I went on to Duke University and did another master's and a PhD. And the reason I did that is I wanted to teach. I really, I wanted to be my 11th grade American history teacher. She was awesome. And, um, but there was another reason, too, why I went on and did more study. Because I wanted to figure it out. You know? I wanted to know all the answers. And I kind of got to a point where I said, hey, I think I've got about 85% of it figured out. But I just want to know the rest of it. And somewhere along the way in my studies, that kind of flipped on me. And I realized I know very little. But here's the thing, it didn't bother me so much anymore. It didn't bother me so much anymore. I had a great confidence, even in the midst of my own doubts, even in the midst of my own confusion, even in the midst of my lack of understanding and knowledge, I still had faith, even in the midst of those doubts. The wisdom voice walks alongside of you and says, I've been there. I've been there. Or it might even say, I'm walking there with you. It walks alongside of you and asks some of the same questions that you asked before. By the way, I was surprised, personally, I was surprised. I grew up in a tradition where you didn't ask questions. You know, you didn't, you didn't kind of explore new boundaries like that. 
And so then, whenever I started having questions, and I ended up in the wisdom traditions, especially in the book of Job, I was stunned to find that a lot of the same questions were there, and that somebody had gone ahead of me, that somebody had been through it before. Not that they gave me all the answers, but it was a confidence. There was a, I don't know, there was a peace, knowing that even in the midst of my confusion and my doubt, that people of faith have been there before and that it was okay. Now, um, here's, the, here's the thing for me too. Uh, if I had my uh, choice, I would just start with a dessert tray, okay? If I go to, if I really, if I went to uh, Angus Barn today, instead of getting the, the steak and ribs combo, I would probably just go straight to the dessert tray and just start eating from there. Uh, the whole balanced diet thing uh, doesn't work particularly well for me, okay? Uh, I love my donuts, my cake, etc., as you can tell. Now, here's the thing. Um, these three voices, uh, we have a tendency to want to feast and gorge ourselves on one and not listen to the others, right? We have a tendency to hang out in one of those places. So I challenge you to think about this. What voices do you listen to in your life? Have you ever sat down and listened to the pastoral voice that tells you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are a daughter and a son of God, that God paid a great price for you on the cross because you're worth it? You're worth it. Have you listened to that voice? And do you remind yourself of that voice on a regular basis? Do you also, though, go down maybe the uncomfortable route of the prophetic voice? And do you have somebody in your life? Or do you go to passages in the scripture or readings that challenge you in your beliefs, that stretch you to think different things, that maybe expose blind spots or sinful areas in your life, and that you're open to that? We need that. We need that. And thirdly, do you have that wisdom voice? Do you have those people that you know that you're walking alongside? Do you know that you have those people that you are in the same path together, walking alongside one another, engaging those similar questions of, why am I here? Why do I suffer? Why do I doubt? What is the meaning of all this? That's the wisdom voice. The reality is we need all three. And I hope and pray two things. One is that this has been a simple introduction to those. And then secondly is, is that you're challenged to go and seek those voices in your life. Your life is so much fuller and richer if you enjoy and eat of all three of those and not just one. Let's pray. God, your goodness is overwhelming to us. God, you, you love us immeasurably. So much to where you sacrificed greatly for us. You've also given us your word, and I pray that in Scripture that we might hear your heart, and your heart is expressed in those three voices. They're expressed in a pastoral voice. They're expressed in a prophetic voice. They're expressed in a wisdom voice. And I pray that we would have ears to hear, that we would seek the pastor, that we'd seek the prophet, we would seek the wise person. And that our lives might be more fruitful, more balanced, but also, too, just more full of you in the process. 
God, I thank you for this room. Uh, it is exciting to hear the worship together and to desire to see you and to see you more clearly. And I pray for that for all of our lives, that we might see you more clearly and love you more. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you all for having me today. Go in peace. For more information about Samford University, check out samford.edu.
For more information about Samford University, check out samford.edu.